0: All right, well, we're going to be in the book of James, chapter number three this evening. The book of James, chapter three. Let me just uh, say this. Um, we, we're, we do have the pre-session time. Pastor mentioned it a moment ago. Um, uh, we're, we're just meeting in here, just so you know. And uh, we're, we're meeting in here. If you've got time for something extra, you want to jump in here and pray with us. Really just in preparation for the service. Um, just some quick teaching on prayer. My goal, <laughs> my goal Is to teach for ten minutes and then spend, you know, uh, ten minutes or so in prayer. And um, I try to give a little direction um, uh, to that. But uh, that's kind of what we're shooting for. Uh, Sometimes I may talk for twelve minutes or so, and we're only praying for six to eight or something like that. But still trying. The goal is to try to teach some on prayer and then spend some time in prayer. So if you want to come on in um uh, a little early if it works in your schedule if not don't feel bad at all just if you got time for a little extra we've been having a great time in prayer um at the same time let's say you get here late just come on in it's okay you're not gonna bother us just come on in sit down pray um don't don't feel bad you don't have to stay out in the in the foyer um uh just we have the doors shut just so that as we're praying well we're not here but that's okay you just come on in if you want to jump in even if you just get here just for a few minutes uh it's okay. And then we also have uh, the teens are meeting um, 30 minutes before each evening service, and they're just meeting over. We also have something going on for the children during that time too. So, uh, so if you want to come early, we got stuff going on, and that's, uh, that'll be great. On, on Wednesday, uh, we're spending a little bit extra time with the teens. Now, we'll still just meet normal time in here at 30 minutes early um, but the teens are going to meet 45 minutes early Just so you know moms and dads And they're going a, a, to have like a bigger game time I think they're going to play some games over here um, In, in the, this, this area over here And uh, it's going to be a little, little uh, more going on for the teens But they've been having a great time this week Just so you know what's going on Wednesday is going to be a, a, I'm going to call it family night uh, Which just, just in case you're wondering um, How many of you are part of a family? Let's, let me see your hand Okay, okay, good, good, good. Well, that means it's for you. Uh, it's for everybody. Um, uh, it, we're, we're just going to talk about some things, though, that really just on the relationship side. And so it would definitely be great for family relationships. It's also great for your work relationships or church relationships or any relationships that we have. And so that's going to be Wednesday night. I know that it will be a help to you. But um, just uh, a little bit of a focus that night. I'm going to call it family night. That is on Wednesday. Um, James chapter three. I think that we find something in the book of James. We find it really throughout Scripture. Really, this truth that that um, that our lives are just um, nonstop tests. Um, there's there, there's never-ending testing as we go through life. Some of these tests we readily recognize as tests. Um, some, many things that are tests we just never really realized or called them tests, but they're tests. Your life is non-stop testing all day to day. Uh, there's no telling how many tests you went through today because it's just, it's non-stop. Um, some of them, like I say, we readily recognize. Others we don't. Like um, we would maybe, maybe recognize maybe loneliness as a test. But have you ever seen having people around you as a test too? Um, you would see, maybe you'd see not having any children as a test. We would understand that. At the same time, Having children is a test. Having lots of children is a test. We would see we would see sickness as a test. We would we would readily recognize that. But have you ever seen good health as a test? I mean, like just for instance, maybe you're here tonight, and as far as you know, you have just a, you, you are in good health. But maybe you're failing the test of good health because you're spending it totally completely on your kingdom not God's and you actually have good health but you've never seen it as a test and you're actually failing it folks I just want you to know all of life is a test we would understand the test of no money or at least maybe the test of low money have you ever seen it as a test to have money maybe you're like you know God I think I'd like to have you try me on that one let's see how I do right I mean uh Thankfully, God has promised us he won't allow us to be tested above what we're able, right? Maybe, I mean, just think, maybe if only we were more spiritual, we, would, we could have more money. It's just that we would fail miserably the test of lots of money. We actually do, actually, maybe we, we do far better with the test of low money. Um, folks, bottom line is, is, is life is full of tests. Never stops. All day long, every day. Tests. It reminds me of the old ad campaign. I remember from a kid, you know, I was born in the 70s and then, and then into the 80s, you know, as I, as I probably have my, my uh, remember the most, but um, I mean, I, I, I remember, you don't really see it on commercials anymore, you'll still see it on, on billboards. I saw one not too long ago when I was going through Chicago, um, up on a billboard, I saw this ad, this ad, and you'll still maybe see it in a, in a, um, a magazine or something, but it started off with, uh, it had like a, a sports personalities or celebrities, and it started off with cookies. Cookies, cookies, and more cookies. Cookies galore. Plate full of cookies. Mouth full of cookies. And then it had one two-word question. Remember what it was? Got milk? Yeah, good job. A mouth full of cookies is screaming. You got milk? Folks, let me tell you something. A life full of of testing is screaming, got wisdom tonight, I want to talk about wisdom. What James does is he really does a a comparison of really two different operating systems god 's wisdom and the world 's wisdom really god 's wisdom and man 's wisdom and tonight. I want us to really try to judge ourselves. He gives us a means by which we can judge ourselves to see what our operating system is. Listen to what James says in James chapter 3, starting in verse 13. And I want you to listen carefully, and I want you to be, um, I want you to, listen to what he says here. He asks the question, please be careful with this question. I, I believe with all my heart it's loaded. He says, who is a wise man and understanding among you? Be careful with that one, folks. By his good conduct, let him show his works with meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter envying and strife, or if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast and be false to the truth. This is not wisdom that comes down from above, but is earthly, unspiritual, demonic. For where jealousy and selfish ambition exists, there, is, there will be disorder in every vile practice. But wisdom that is from above is first pure then peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere. And a harvest of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. Let's pray and ask God to help us. Father, we come to you. Lord, thank you for your grace to us. Lord, your enabling power, Lord, to not just have salvation from the penalty of sin, but Lord, Your enabling power to have salvation from the power of sin. Lord, we can live in victory. Lord, it's not because we're awesome. It's because you're awesome. Lord, I pray that you will help us, Lord. Would you work in our hearts? Give us grace tonight to see our need. Lord, would you open up the eyes of our understanding? Lord, give us the strength of humility. Lord, may we be desperate for you. God, would you help us tonight? We pray. In Christ's name, amen. Well, I was introduced to the world of computers in 1988. I was a freshman in high school, 1988, and my Christian school that I went to, I went to a, a, a Christian school, there was a donation that had been made. And we had this donation made for a new computer lab. And I mean, I remember our principal taking us. He was so jazzed. He took us into this room that that was full of all of these brand new state-of-the-art, blazing-fast computers. (laughs) MS-DOS. 1988. I remember, I remember... Uh, we came in. He was just so jazzed. He was taking us a class at a time, and, and, and he, he pulled a bunch of us boys around. He had come into this one. He said, guys, you got to see this. And, and he, he had this one that was all booted up, ready to go. You know, surely he'd gotten there 30, 45 minutes early to start it, and so we would be ready by the time we got there. And he, we gathered around, and he said, guys, you got to check out these video game graphics. Man, I remember it was, it was Space Invaders. Remember that one? Do, 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 do. We're all like, yeah. 1988. Now, I know what some of you are thinking. You're going, ha, you little whippersnapper. I remember 1968 technology. Hey, this is my story. I'm the one talking here. My point of <laughs> reference, 1988. All right. Folks, we've come a long way since 1988. In the world of technology, we've come a long, long ways. Um, you know, our team just got a new computer. Actually, just uh, earlier uh, uh, earlier this year. We, uh, uh, all, we all have our different computers, but every, 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 all of our files from our team are on different computers. And, uh, um, and, and so they said, hey, can we just get one computer that has everything on it, and that way we can all access it and, and use that one instead of everybody using their personal life, I said, okay. So we, we, we figured out how much we felt like we could spend, and then my wife starts shopping. My wife is a shopper. She knows how to find, and she's online. She finds this computer. I mean, It's way, way nicer than what we needed. But she finds this deal and it had this coupon and all this kind of stuff. And so we get this computer. I mean, it is blazing fast. I mean, it is, folks, you can't even compare our team's new computer with that, with the 1988 Dinosaur MS-DOS, right? You can't even compare. I mean, I've gone back and looked at the stats on those old MS-DOS. You know, a whopping 486 kilobytes of RAM. You know, had a whopping 50 megabyte hard drive. I mean, now you can get two terabytes. That's two trillion. I mean, <laughs> it's like you can't even compare. It's like, it's like you can't even compare. I mean, that, that screen, you know, ba- back then with all those cool graphics for space invaders, you know, dealt with a basic 16 colors. That was it. Now they literally have tens of millions of colors and shades that they put together to give you that, that, that screen that is so vivid, you feel like you're right there. I mean, folks, it is, it, I mean, it is miles apart. We all understand that I got way, way, way more going on in my pocket than those, I mean, I mean, tons more going on in my pocket than that 1988 MS-DOS. But if you were going to compare them, if you were going to compare them I mean, you, you would compare their their operating system. Every every computer has an operating system. It's the brains of the operation. It's the it's the it's the uh, any any application software program you put you want to run on a computer has to run under the supervision of the operating system. You could take a complicated program. I mean, heavy duty, complicated, busy, all kinds of stuff. You could throw it in our new computer, and I mean, a thousand miles a second. I mean, I mean, it would just go, no problem. You take that same program, you come to that 1988. I mean, first of all, obviously, you'd have to convert it all over into a whole stack of of three-and-a-half-inch floppies. You remember those. You start sticking them in that computer, it starts smoking. It couldn't handle the test. Folks, world's difference. But folks, what, what, what James does here is he gives us two different operating systems that we operate with. One of them is God's wisdom. The other one is man's wisdom. And folks, I want you to know something. They are worlds and worlds and worlds apart. Folks, I mean, it's not even close. First of all, you say, Aaron, is it even fair to talk about world's wisdom or man's wisdom well i do think that it's fair because paul doesn't makes it fair right um paul talks about the world's wisdom he 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 says in 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 first corinthians he says where is the scribe where is or where is the wise where is the scribe where is the disputer of this world hath not god made foolish the wisdom of this world in other words the world has an operating system um, the, the book of Proverbs talks about it. What does the Bible say in the book of Proverbs? It says that there is a way that seems what right to a man. Hello, seems right, but it says the end thereof is the way of what death, destruction. In other words, the world has a way in which it operates, a way in which it thinks. And this is what I really want us to see tonight, and this is what I think, James, this is the convicting and somewhat overwhelming truth that comes out of this passage we're going to look at today, is I really want you to understand this, folks, and this needs to sober us and make us desperate, is that man's wisdom is actually the natural default mode of the human heart. It's just the way that seems right to us. Hello. Yeah. And it's not something that we have to go searching for. Folks, this world's wisdom, man's wisdom, is as natural to me and you as breathing. It is the natural default mode of the human heart. Yours, mine, your pastor's, all of us. And folks, it, it is the default mode. And I believe that this text is helping us to be leery of the default mode of man's wisdom so that we will be desperate. You do have to do something in order to have his wisdom. The natural no-brainer is our wisdom. Only through, I I believe, desperation do we start getting God's wisdom. And, and, and And this is what God says about it. God says... In Isaiah chapter 55, he says, For your thoughts are not my thoughts, neither are my ways your ways, saith the Lord. For as far as the heavens are above the earth, so are my thoughts than your thoughts and my ways than your ways. Folks, I don't know about you. I need God's ways. I need God's wisdom. And I want us to see tonight that this text is laying out for us a means by which we can see that our way is faulty. Folks, our way is a mess. Listen to what he says in verse number 13. And I want you to be careful with this. I'm telling you the way he has, he, he sort of has layered this text and he, he, we sort of have a little bit of a test, a grid whereby we can judge ourselves. And, and I just want, I mean, I'm, I'm just going to say this straight up from the beginning to, to, to kind of help me as I go through this. Um, he, does not, he does not give us a test so that we can pass this thing with flying colors and walk out of here feeling good about ourselves. Folks, that's not what he's done. He has given us a test that if we are honest about, we're going to fail this thing. And the purpose of him doing it in such a way is so that we will see the error of our natural bent, and we will be desperate for his way. So he asked this question in verse number 13. Verse number 13. He says, who is, a wise, who is wise and understanding among you? Basically, he says this. How many of you would consider yourself wise? Now, folks, I want you to be careful because I believe this is loaded. But what if I did tonight? What if I put a little piece of paper throughout the auditorium? You know, you came in tonight and there was a little piece of paper, you know, that had a little question on there. So, uh, so would you consider yourself wise? Check the box, yes or no. What would you have checked tonight? I mean, I'm already kind of throwing you a warning, so maybe you're reluctant now. But how would you have answered that tonight? You know, isn't it amazing? You kind of look back through the day, you know. Man, you made some good decisions earlier today. Yeah, man, I mean, that would have been a mess. And you avert, you know, you, you, you dodged that one. Or, 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 man, last week, man, that was really pretty smart that you did. We start looking back at our, or maybe we start looking at other people, you know. I mean, compared to him, I'm doing pretty good. I mean, isn't it amazing? We start the criteria with which we decide whether or not we're wise or not. Huh. Um, would you consider yourself wise? How would you have answered that tonight? Careful. Listen to what he says next. He says, Who is wise and understanding among you? By his good conduct, let him show his works in the meekness of wisdom. You know, can I, can I wrap up that phrase? Let me tell you what he says. Prove it by the way you live your life. You would consider yourself wise, okay? All right, great. Mm-hmm, all good. Prove it. Let him show it by his conduct. But then here's how you know it's loaded. Look at verse number fourteen. But if you have bitter jealousy or selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast and be false to the truth. This is not the wisdom that comes down from above but as earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. Folks, he says this. He says, how many of you would consider yourself wise? Okay, fine. Prove it by the way you conduct yourself. But, he said, if you have any bitter jealousy or selfish ambition in your hearts. Now, folks, what does he mean by that? I just want you to know um, and we could take these words, and we could kind of start, par, par, uh, you know, working with them. The, the King James uses the word strife. If you have any strife in your heart, here it's bitter envyings or and selfish ambition. Can I, I really think he says a word that probably wraps this up. And we could look, we could do a little word study. We could go through Scripture. I, you want to know what I think he brings up here? And this is in your heart. This isn't in your actions. This is in your heart. He he basically is giving us word pictures to help us see this. Does anybody? He says, if you have any selfishness in your heart. Folks, could he have said anything, um, anything, you know, that, could he have said anything else that, that I mean, we, we all struggle with selfishness. That's what I'm trying to say. Who doesn't struggle with selfishness? Find me a single person on the face of this planet who has no selfishness in their heart. You know who you're looking at? One man, his name is Jesus Christ. Folks, he brings up the most basic struggle of the human heart. How many of you think you're wise? Okay, prove it. Oh, but by the way, if you have any selfishness in your heart, (laughs) he said stop boasting and stop lying. He says what you have isn't wisdom from above what you have is earthly unspiritual demonic and folks what he brings up is this is who we are folks our natural bent is not towards God's way our natural bent our natural default mode is handling life man's way He continues on. Where I really want us to spend our time is verse number 17, I think is where he really gives us a grid whereby we can judge ourselves to see how we're doing. Because he tells us what it looks like. Okay, so you say you are operating in God's wisdom. Well, here's what it's going to look like if you are. Okay? Let's say you are daily operating not in man's wisdom, which is a mess, but in God's wisdom. Here's what it's going to look like. Okay, let's look at verse number 17. We're just going to take this item at a time. Let's work our way through it. Are you ready? Here we go. Verse number 17. He says, But the wisdom from above, this is God's wisdom. And he says the first thing, he says wisdom from above is first pure. What does he mean when he says that a person who operates with God's wisdom, you're not operating in man's wisdom. Instead, you're operating God's wisdom. This is what it's going to look like. First of all, it's going to look like this, that wisdom from above is first pure. What does it mean to be pure? Well, first and foremost, I think our minds naturally go to Sexual, moral purity. There's no doubt that that's involved. I think this goes beyond that. But let's just start there. Are you morally pure? Because I promise you this if you are not morally, sexually pure in your mind and in your actions, you don't have God's wisdom. But then I want to go beyond that because it's not just talking about moral, sexual purity, it's talking about purity of your heart it's talking about purity in your devotion. It's like we would use the word pure like you're talking about um, pure gold. What's pure gold? There's nothing there. There's no, all the dross has been burned away and all you have is pure gold. It's talking about a person who is in their devotion, they are single in their focus, in their devotion to the things of God. They're not divided. James gives us another word. He uses it two different times. That's the opposite of this word, pure. You know what it is? It's the word to be double-minded. What does it mean to be double-minded? I used to get this wrong. I I thought growing up, you know, double-minded meant a person can't make up their mind. I don't know what to do. That's not what it means to be double-minded. A double-minded man, it's actually a word that means to be two-souled. It's opposite of being pure. Pure is to be single in your devotion. Double-minded means that you're split in your devotion. Did you know that our churches, one of the problems of our churches, did you know that our churches are full of double-minded people? Can I tell you what one of my problems is in life? Is I really struggle being double-minded. I don't want to, but I do. You you know what it looks like to be double-minded? It's a person who says, sure, I want a foot in Christianity. Hello, yeah. But I also kind of want a foot in the world. See, he says that a person who really operates with God's wisdom, you know what it looks like in your life? There's nothing worldly about you. You are so single in your devotion to the kingdom of God. You're not split. Folks, you are single in your devotion. You are totally pure. You see, I mean, we would understand this in marriage, not just morally, but just when it comes to my connection and and my devotion folks i devoted myself to one woman it's not going to work for me to say yeah here's my wife stephanie i sure love her i just kind of like to have a couple girlfriends on the side that's not okay is it folks do you have any loves in your life more than you love your god You see, that's where this purity is. And a person who is divided in their allegiance, divided in their devotion, divided in their worship, which we all struggle being, then folks, if those are areas that prove to us that we don't have wisdom from above. Folks, we operate our lives in man's wisdom. The second thing he brings up here, wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable. What does it mean to be peaceable? I mean, this is really a, a, to, to be a, a peaceable person, a peacemaker. Let me ask you this. Are you a problem solver in life? Or are you a problem causer in life? Do you cause problems? Do you cause conflict? Do you cause struggle? Um, I mean, I, I know, folks. I know, I know, I know, I know that right now you're probably just thinking, "Uh-uh, she's the problem." Uh-uh, no, he's the problem. Um, has it ever occurred to you that maybe, just maybe, you're the problem? Do you bring peace to your home? Do you bring peace to your marriage? Do you bring peace to your workplace? Do you bring peace to the church? Does your presence stir the soup? Um, If if, if we don't bring peace, we don't have wisdom. Let, let Let me help you with this one. When your vehicle, all right, here you go. When your vehicle is heard coming into the driveway, Do the people on the inside of the house go, they're home? Or do the people on the inside of the house go, they're home? And if you don't know the answer to that, I bet you can find out. Do you bring peace? into the circumstances of your life because if you don't you lack wisdom god's operating system is not ruling you because if it is you're going to bring peace Um, let's look at the let's look at the the next one wisdom from above is first pure then peaceable listen to this one gentle Folks, I guess to be honest, this one is so convicting to me. What does it mean to be gentle? It means that, uh, uh, let me handle it on one level, then we'll take it a little bit deeper. It really is the ability to handle other people's problems. Did you know that other people have problems? It's the ability to handle other people's weaknesses. How do you do with other people's weaknesses? Everybody has weaknesses, folks. Everybody has problems. It's like blind spots. We talk about that on our team all the time. It's really a sobering thing when, when God starts to reveal to you your blind spots. Folks, I mean, it is a sobering, humbling reality when God takes life and He puts a mirror in front of your face. I and mean, those blind spots. It's like, it's like my, son, my son Liam. He's so funny. He's my six year old. He's just a. He's just a, you know, a, a box full of energy. And, um, and uh, you know, he's just one of these kids. It's like nothing ever surprises you about Liam, um, whatever he does. Um, but we're sitting there at the, at the supper table the other night, and we're eating and Stephen had, had uh had, had fixed some stuff and um and there was some rice and some gravy or whatever whatever and and all of a sudden liam just blurts out something and it was just right at a moment where it was for whatever reason quiet which is not very often at my table but anyway it, he blurted out something and it just for whatever reason it just drew all of our attention right to him and he's super expressive and he's telling us a story but he's got rice and food all over his forehead now on one side it's liam so it doesn't surprise you um But anyway, it just struck us so funny, so we just get to giggling. He's like, what? What is it? And so I I, I get him to the mirror so he can see the rice on his forehead, right? It's a blind spot, folks. You can't see it. Everybody else can, but you can't. Did you know that the people around you have blind spots? Your spouse has blind spots. You can see them. They can't. How do you deal with those blind spots? How do you deal with those struggles? How do you deal with those problems? Do you constantly exploit? Do you exploit other people's weaknesses and their problems? That doesn't mean that you don't help them to kindly see a mirror. But you can kindly say, hey, can I show you something real fast? Or you can spend your life going, would you just look at yourself? There's a big difference. Folks, how do you handle other people's weaknesses and see here's the problem is how good we are we become experts at their blind spot which really the irony is what we are still what blind as a bat to our own you want to know where gentleness comes in gentleness comes in when you start realizing yeah they got problems but so do you you kidding me do you really think you don't have any problems would you wake up? The only person who has worse problems than my wife is me. Folks, I'm, I'm, just, I'm, I'm just telling you, we, we all got problems, and gentleness is the ability to handle other people's problems, other people's weaknesses, other people's struggles. But then, it's not just the ability to handle other people's problems and their weaknesses. Folks, it's also, it's the ability to handle other people's sin. Because folks, people sin against us did you know this may be news to you you may not know this let me let you in on a little something did you know that every single relationship that you have in life every single one of them is with a sinner do you know what sinners do this may blow your mind sin on a fairly consistent basis folks we sin how do you do when people sin against you Are you one of these people who better not sin against me? I mean, if, 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 if that's you, can I just tell you something? You got a hard life coming. Because you're going to get sinned against for the rest of your life. Gentleness is the ability to handle other people's sin. It's the ability to handle their weaknesses, but it's also the ability to handle other people's sin. How do you do with other people's sin? Folks, the question isn't, are people going to sin against you? The question is, are you going to be like Jesus and forgive them? Are you going to be like Jesus and love them through it? Um, This one is so convicting to me. Uh, Gentleness is so convicting to me. I, I always... I, I always thought of myself as a fairly easygoing person. That's just kind of, I just kind of roll with things. And, you know, I, I've always thought of myself as a fairly easygoing person. Until I had four kids, and folks, I'm telling you, God has used my children to help me to see some parts of me, to see some things in me that, folks, I could have never seen otherwise um uh, my little Lee, uh, my, my little leo he tests me um i i get up in the morning i don't know if you've seen our trailer over here i, I don't know if you notice this They're, it's on wheels you know what that means about it it's on it's 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 it, it moves <laughs> it's always moving <laughs> uh, i mean it doesn't matter you can put those jacks down you can try your best to stabilize it but folks let me tell you something it's still moving i get up in the morning i love to get up early i just you know the Older I get, I just realize that those early, more, uh, you know, those early hours of the mornings are the only sure hours I'm, I'm going to get. Um, and so I, I love getting up early. I love getting my coffee. I love, I love spending some time in the Bible in the morning. I, I love, I mean, I enjoy just sitting down, got my coffee. I mean, spend some time with Jesus, folks. But I'm telling you, I get up in the morning, and I'm tiptoeing like this. Because let me tell you something, when my kids wake up, it's over, you know. <laughs> I'm tiptoeing through, you know i said i said damn man it's sweet time man i just want to spend some time with jesus you know and uh liam he's usually the first one up it's kind of funny our our kids have all as have kind of reminded us of uh of of different winnie the pooh characters ella is definitely rabbit she is large and in charge telling those boys what to do she's my oldest then asher he's kind of eeyore you know if it if it's going to break if something bad's going to happen it ends up happening to him and he's kind of a little mopey then 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 we weren't sure here comes liam what's he going to be like guess what Tigger, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm telling you, from the time he gets up in the morning. And, and folks, it's, you know what, he he's usually the first one up. I'm just trying to spend some time with Jesus. And all of a sudden, man, I mean, things are just rolling, you know. And I don't know how many times I've, I've, I've and this is where God is just crushing me because I, I'm not a yeller, okay? That's just not how I handle things. But I'm irritated, frustrated, impatient. And it's not because he's breaking the rules of God's kingdom. It's because he's breaking the rules of my kingdom. It's a big difference. And folks, God is revealing and exposing my lack of wisdom, my default mode of my way. And folks, at those moments, it's, there's a lack of wisdom. And I need God. I need God. Let's look at the next one. Wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle. Listen to this next one. Open to reason. Now, I kind of, I, 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 I want to talk about this. The, the, the King James says, easy to be entreated. This says open to reason. Um, Let me tell you what the Greek word, the Greek word is a word that means to be bendable, moldable, flexible, pliable. That's what the word means, okay? And um, let me, let me talk about it from the, the ESV here. It says, it says, open to reason. I think that's good. I just think it probably, I I personally think it should go just a little bit deeper than that. Let's just talk about that one first. Open to reason. You should be able to, a person who has wisdom, you can reason with them. Um, Can people reason with, are you open to reason? Can people share their opinions with you? Let me, let me ask it to you this way. This, this will maybe help you. Out. Are you hard-headed? You ever been around a hard-headed person? Have you ever been around a hard-headed person? Somehow, some way, you just have to stand back and be amazed, because somehow some way not sure how but somehow some way, they are the source of all knowledge. You can't talk to them. You can't reason with them. They know it all. And they have the absolute inability to hear. They're not open to reason. You know, folks, that is a difficult person to live with. Is that you? Because if it's you, you don't have wisdom. So one side, wisdom is open to reason, this word bendable, pliable, but it's not just open to reason. It's not just open to other people's opinions. More importantly, this is where I think it needs to go a little deeper. It's really more importantly than just being open to reason, open to other people's opinions. What about open to truth? Isn't that the most important thing? Can you hear truth? Can you be confronted with truth? Um, Can you, are, are you... Are you open to truth? What about the truth of God's word? Have you ever been reading your Bible? You're just reading your Bible. Maybe you're just in your daily, le- you know, your daily reading plan that's going to get you through the Bible in a in a year or whatever. And you're just you're just you're just reading through. Have you ever just been reading and all of a sudden, I mean, God pierces you with conviction. I mean, he just nails you. How do you handle that? I'm just going to move on to tomorrow's reading. I <laughs> don't Can God pierce you? Are you open to that? That's that's really the song we've been singing, Just As I Am, I Come Broken. God, I, I I want you to do this work. This was yesterday morning, Psalm 139. Search me, God, test me, know me, try me, see if there be any wicked way in me. That's the heart of a person who has wisdom because you're open to truth. What about when pastor's preaching? You're just, I mean, you're just, I mean, pastors just preaching, working through the text, and all of a sudden it's not pastor, it's God. Do you believe that this is a spiritual thing going on? It's the Holy Spirit of God that takes the Word of God through the preaching of God and pierces us. How do you handle that? I mean, you kind of shut off and start looking at your watch. Ready to get out of here? Can you hear truth? What about in this beautiful picture the picture of a body? The church. I mean, man, I'm telling you, the beauty of this picture that God gives us, he calls it a body. I have a bum knee. I've got to have surgery on it. and I, Every once in a while, I'll do something that hurts my knee. I heard it the other day, and it's just like my whole body comes to the immediate aid of my knee. I mean, nothing else mattered. My hands, my eyes, my mind, everything. This leg just immediately carries the load to relieve this one. It's just the way the body works. It's the way the body's supposed to work. Folks, when Let me ask you a question. Can another part of your body speak truth to you? Can another brother or sister talk to you? Men, listen to me, men, okay? Could another brother, I'm not talking about some stranger. I'm talking about a brother. I'm talking about a part of your body. Could another brother come and talk to you? Without you getting defensive, don't you talk to me. Who does he think he is? Ladies, could a sister, I'm not talking about a stranger, I'm talking about a sister, a part of your body. Could a a sister in Christ come and talk to you without you throwing up a wall? (laughs) can't believe it. You see, folks, wisdom is pliable, moldable, Teachable, confrontable. Now let me dig a little deeper now, folks I'm going to get to meddling here and I, 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 on one side I, I feel a little bit bad on the other side. I just think it's right, I think it's good. men, can your can your wife say something to you? Wah! that woman I mean. Let me tell you something about that woman. God's the one who allowed her to be your wife. And she probably knows you better than anybody else on the face of this planet. Yes, she, she, I'm sure she's got her problems. She's got her weaknesses. She's got her blind spots. According to the Bible, she better be, she better be wise herself. She, better be, you know, she needs to be respectful and careful. But sir, let me just tell you something. If your wife can't say anything to you, you lack wisdom. Ladies, can your husband say something to you without having to, you know, without the silent treatment for the next three days? Folks, I mean, here's the bottom line. If we can't hear, the book of Proverbs has a word for a person who who you can't say anything to. It's not a flattering word. It's a fool. Let's look at the next one. Isn't this fun? This is a convicting passage of Scripture. Let's look at the next one. We'll just move through these quickly. Um, the, the, this next one, I think these next two sort of seem to go together, full of mercy and good fruits. I think one is an attitude, one is an action. It's an attitude of a heart of compassion, mercy. Um, Jesus Christ, folks, he, he went through the cities and the villages, and He's healing and he's preaching, but then it says it says that when he looked at the multitudes, the, it's always kind of struck me because it's kind of like he's healing, and then almost maybe just as soon as he finishes healing one person, another person needs healing, and he's sharing and he's he's helping, and it's just like not nah, one after another, and, and then all of a sudden it's like he lifts up his eyes, and as far as he can see, it's just more people, hurting people. It says, and when he saw the multitudes, just more and more hurting people coming, it says that he was moved with compassion and folks let me tell you something that is an awesome word it's a word that literally is talking about the turning of the stomach folks he was moved with compassion have you ever seen something that was so sad to you that it made your stomach hurt that's what it was and it says he he was moved with compassion because he saw them as a bunch of sheep who didn't have a shepherd and folks, can I, tell, can I tell you why you're saved today? You want to know why you're saved? If you were here today and you are saved, can I tell you why? It's not because in your brilliance you came to come, some brilliant, wonderful, brilliant decision to become a follower of Christ. Folks, you want to know why you've been saved? It's because that same Jesus saw you as a sheep who didn't have a shepherd. And he was moved with compassion for you. That's why you're saved. And now, folks, that same uh, compassion that has come to us, folks, if we have wisdom, it's going to go through us. When's the last time you saw somebody in your body and you hurt for them because they were hurting? And you were moved for them. And it wasn't just something that you were feeling. I believe the good fruits, that's the next word, is really you you doing something about it. Folks, you were moved with compassion and you had to do something about it. Folks, if this isn't in your heart, folks, it's it's, it's because you lack wisdom because if God's wisdom is your operating system, we are gonna be moved with compassion and we're gonna do something about it look at the the last two just quickly he says um impartial or without partiality um folks it's uh you, you treat everybody the same there's a problem in the book of james you had your wealthy people then you had your poor people and everybody was you know showing special favor to the wealthy people and kind of snubbing the poor people um uh, partiality or do, do 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 um if you show partiality towards one group over another then you don't have wisdom folks let me tell you something okay if you're a racist you don't have the mind of god god is not a racist He says that wisdom from above shows itself in and we're, there's, we're without partiality. Here's the last one. He, it says sincere. I really like the King James word, without hypocrisy. Folks, these are so convicting because we fail at these. I, my, my neighbor, he died. I told. I, I think I mentioned this. I had a neighbor who died a couple uh, um, uh, last week ago at the beginning of the week on Sunday. Um, and and and. and I really, I really hope and pray that he came to Christ. He had brain cancer and it was just a slow downward spiral of, of confusion all the way to his death. But he said some things that were so ho- hopeful to me. But he grew up Catholic and he hated Catholicism because he said it was full of hypocrites. And I remember, I remember just sitting with him. The first time he told me that, I just said, Jim, I said, I struggle being a hypocrite. It's like, Jim, it's like we're, I mean, folks, do you understand that we all struggle being hypocrites? I mean, really, right now, right now, right now, are you really exactly who everybody in this room thinks you are? Folks, we all struggle being one thing in front of everybody. And then there being parts of us that are just something else. Folks, can I tell you something about this list? This list is not made for you to go, whoo boy, did I pass the wisdom test tonight. Yeah. No, folks, this test is layered in such a way to where it is an absolute start-to-finish spanking. We fail. I struggle. I fail. I'm guilty at, at, at different times, varying degrees of every single one of these. I want my heart to be pure, solely devoted to the things of God, but it's a lie to say that I never love the things of this world. Folks, I want so bad to be gentle, but I fail. I want so bad to be a peacemaker in every circumstance, but I fail. I want to be teachable, but I don't. I get defensive. Folks, I I want to have a heart of pure um, mercy and and, and good works all the time, but I fail. I want to be a person who never shows any partiality, but I fail. I want to be a person where there's no hypocrisy here. Folks, it's a lie. It's not true. You know what this test right here does? It nails us to the wall that our natural default mode is not God's way of thinking. It's our way of thinking, and we prove it every day. It's to make us leery of our own way and desperate for His. Folks, are you leery of your own way and desperate for yours? I don't know about you, but my life needs wisdom. I need wisdom. I need wisdom, and I need it bad. My, my marriage needs wisdom. My parenting needs wisdom. Folks, I got, I got my, my ministry. I need wisdom. I need God to help me in, in, in decisions that need to be made. And folks, I need to come to the place where I am leery of my own thinking and desperate for God's wisdom. Folks, you know what my kids need? Can I tell you what my kids need? My Four children. You know what they need? They don't need a dad who's brilliant. They need a dad who's desperate for God. That's what they need. You say, okay, fine, I buy it. I need wisdom and I don't have it naturally. My default way is broken. Okay, how do we have wisdom? Folks, you gotta, you got to want wisdom. And you've got to intentionally, you got to go after wisdom. Let me just tell you three quick things. First of all, okay, listen to this. This is very important. This is key. you got to get this. Wisdom, hear me, wisdom is a person. And wisdom has come to us through this person. Folks, when we think about the attributes of God, when we think about the characteristics of God, sometimes it's real easy for us because this is just how we think and how we work. We think about God, and we think about the characteristics and the attributes of God, and it's almost as though these things existed outside of God, and he said, ooh, 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 I want those to be a part of who I am. Like, in other words, it's almost like God deciding who he wants to be. He said, ooh, here's a whole smorgasbord of different great characteristic traits. And so God says, ooh, 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 love. I want love to be a part of who I am. Yeah, ooh, mercy. I want mercy to be a part of him. Grace, I want grace to be, wisdom. I want wisdom to be a part of who I am. And almost as though wisdom exists outside of God, it's just something that he chooses to be true of him. Folks, without God, there is no wisdom. Wisdom isn't something he has. Wisdom is who he is. Wisdom is who he is. And when God decided, when God came to us as a man, guess what else came to us as a man? Wisdom has come to us. Folks, wisdom has come to us through Jesus Christ. Did you know that because of Jesus, wisdom is at our disposal, folks? If you are saved, you have the very source of wisdom living within you through the Holy Spirit of God. Folks, we have wisdom. It has come to us. Now, you got to get this straight, too, though. If you are here today without Jesus Christ, please hear me. I'm not trying to be mean, but if you are here today and you don't have Jesus, you can't have wisdom. You are stuck the best you are ever going to know is man's way. And I would beg and plead with you, would you be saved? Would you come to Jesus? Would you come and place your faith and trust in Jesus Christ alone through what he did on the cross? But for those of you who have been saved, please understand wisdom has come to us. Wisdom is a person and it's come to us through that person's name is Jesus Christ. You must be saved. But if you are saved, you have wisdom. But just because you have it, um, it's kind of like, I mean, this kind of i I don't know if this is the best illustration, but just because your house has electricity doesn't necessarily necessarily mean that lamp's going to come on. What do you got to do? You know, you kind of got to, you got to plug into it. Folks, um, wisdom is here if you have Christ. Folks, wisdom is with me. Wisdom is at my disposal, but I really do have to, I mean, I really do have to tap into it. Now, how does this happen? Well, um, r- really fast, just, now, now there's two things. I got saved when I was 21. At, right after I got saved, I started reading my Bible. I just knew I was supposed to read my Bible. I wasn't sure where. I started reading the New Testament. I read some of the New Testament, and then, and then I read, I didn't know where to read in the Old Testament, so I, I, read, I read the book of Proverbs chapter 1. I knew, I grew up going to church, I knew 31 chapters, 31 days in a month you can get through in a month. I, I started reading the book of Proverbs. I read, the, the, the first day I started reading, I read Proverbs chapter number 1. The next day, I came to Proverbs chapter number 2. Folks, this is right after I got saved, 21 years old, and I have never forgotten what I read on the second, uh, on the second day that I started reading my Bible. I've never forgotten it. I'll paraphrase here. This is Proverbs chapter number two. David talk, I mean Solomon talking to his own children. He said, my son, hear me. You can hear the pleading words of a father. My son, if you will incline your ear to hear it, if you will lift up your voice and cry for it, if you will go searching for it like you're searching for hidden treasure, what does he say you'll find? Wisdom. What does he mean? What does it mean? i got to search for it. What do, what do, what do, what do you mean? I've got I to incline my ear to hear it. What do you mean? Where are you going to go searching for wisdom? Where are you going to go, folks? Are you going to go to the library? you Are going to jump online? Wikipedia knows it all. Where are you going to go for wisdom to parent your kids? Where are you going to go for wisdom in your marriage? Folks, where are we going to go for the wisdom that we need in this life? Where do we go? Where do we search? Folks, this is where we search. I talked about this a lot last night. Folks, this is where we search. I mean, I'm just telling you, this has got to be a non negotiable. It's a non negotiable. This, you don't read this because you're spiritual, you read this because you're desperate. And if you don't think you're desperate, it's because you don't know who you are. It's because you don't know who you are. Folks, we're not good people who mess up every once in a while. We are broken people. And we need God every day. Folks, um, you've got to be in the Word. One more place. James chapter 1. This is one of those passages where we where we see that all of life is a test. He said, Count it all joy, brothers. Count it all joys, brothers and sisters. Count it all joy when you fall into all different types of testing. This is right in the, the book that we're at. He says, all different types of testing when it comes, be joyful. Don't, don't. He says this, because, because testing of your faith is gonna, is gonna produce endurance in you. And then when endurance has done its work, we're gonna be we're going to be perfect in entire one nothing. What that's saying is this, that God has a purpose for all these tests. All these tests, no matter what you're going through right now, God has a purpose. You may be going through sickness. You may be going through trial. You may have interpersonal conflict. You may have financial crisis. We could go on and on and on. Every single person in this room probably has a whole truckload of junk that's going on right now. I do. He says, count it joy, brothers, because God's in the process of teaching us endurance. And when he's done with us, we're going to be perfect and entire. We're going to be wanting nothing. But in the midst of it, verse number 5, what does he say? Look at James chapter 1. It's right there, one page back for you in your Bible. James chapter 1, verse number 5. He says, in the midst of all these trials and tests, what does he say? If any of you lacks wisdom. Now, let's just stop right there, folks. Please tell me God's convinced us of something tonight. We lack wisdom, and we need God. He says, if any of you lack wisdom, that's me. Ding, 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 ding. What does he say next? Because I need to hear this. If any of you lack wisdom, let him what? Let him what? Let him ask of God. Listen to what it says. Let him ask of God who gives generously. The King James word there is who gives liberally. That's a good use of the word liberal. The, who gives liberally, and he upbraideth not. What does it mean that he gives liberally? Folks, it means that it's, there's a never-ending supply. It just keeps on and keeps on coming. God has wisdom for you. I love Mexican food. I love Mexican food. We had Mexican food today. Rodney hooked us up. I love going to a Mexican restaurant. You get there, I mean, as soon as you get to a Mexican restaurant, I'm usually hungry, you know, just as soon as you get there. Somebody will seat you, and then this little dude comes out of nowhere. And what does he bring to you? Just as soon as you get there, what does he bring to you? Chips and salsa. Oh, yeah, I love chips and salsa. I've got this little theory. I've tested it many, many times, folks. You can try it yourself. I can take that bowl, and before the lady even comes to take my drink order, if I can eat that fast enough, then when she gets there, I can say, excuse me, ma'am, can I get some more salsa? And she'll bring me some more. You know, and then if I can eat that, then maybe by the time she comes back to take my order, if I can eat it fast enough, I can say, excuse me, ma'am, I seem to be out of salsa again. And she'll bring me some more. Folks, I don't know how big the bat is in the back, but it just keeps on coming. And that's a good thing. I like that. Folks, can I tell you something about God's wisdom? It's bottomless. It's a never-ending supply for your marriage. It is a never-ending supply for your parenting. It is a never-ending supply for your church. You want to know what our problem is? Do you want to know what our problem is? Me and you. Is we are so stuck. We are so Full of our own way. We say this to God every day of our prayerless life. Hey, I got it. I'll call you if I need you. In the meantime, my way's doing just fine. Folks, at what point are we going to be convinced that our way is broken? And so we're desperate for God every day of our life. Folks, we need God. We need God's wisdom. We need His help. Folks, where are you at tonight? Where do you need God? Is it in your business? Is it in your financial decisions? Is it in the decisions you need to make with your parents and their health? Is it in the struggle between you and your sister, you and your brother? I mean, it's just like, it's just a mess. Is, is it in your marriage? Is it in your parenting? Folks, I mean, we all Have a life full of tests. Can I tell you something about tomorrow, sir, ma'am? It's gonna be full of tests, and you are gonna charge at it with your wisdom or with God's. It's that simple. So what's it gonna be, folks? Are we gonna even? Are we gonna first of all even admit that ours is broken? Are we gonna be desperate for His? Folks, are we going to pray? You know, folks, I think we need to pray all day long. Did you know that you don't have to have your eyes closed in order to pray? You can pray as you drive. Don't close your eyes, please. Folks, in the middle of work, in the middle of a decision, in the middle of struggle, in the middle of trial, in the middle of everything, just pray. Folks, um, I told this to the group praying last night. Charles Spurgeon said this. He said, I rarely pray more than 10 minutes at a time. But he said, I rarely go 10 minutes without praying. What a statement. That just meant you, you, you know what prayer is? It's a declaration of dependence. It's a declaration of my always broken God. I need you. That's what prayer is. Folks, let's come to God tonight. I don't know what's, I don't know what's on your plate. I don't know what's, I don't know what, what, what the I don't know what the tests are for you right now. I know what mine are but can we just come? Can we just open our hands and say, God, here they are. God, I need wisdom. I need wisdom with my marriage. I need wisdom with my parenting. I need wisdom in my decisions. I need wisdom at work. I need wisdom with my boss. I need wisdom, God. I need wisdom. Folks, can we come to God that way tonight? May God deliver us from our own broken selves, and may we be desperate from him, for him. Let's just have our heads bowed and our eyes closed. I'm going to have the piano play. As soon as the piano begins to play, folks, let's just, let's just come to God. I don't know how you need to respond. I don't know what it needs to look like for you. I don't really care, folks. Let's just come to God. If you need to get on your knees, get on your knees. If you need to grab your spouse's hand because this is, a, this is something between the two of you. Folks, it, it doesn't matter. I don't care what it looks like. But folks, can we please be broken tonight? Come to God. With your hands open say, God, here it is. I need you. I need you. Folks, maybe you need to ask God to forgive you. You need to ask God to forgive you. For how much you live life without him. So folks, let's be real tonight. Us Lord, we need your help. Lord, would you work? Lord, break us over our own way. Lord, break us over our own wisdom and help us be desperate for you. Lord, we commit our time to you. We commit our hearts to you, our marriages to you. Lord, our parenting to you, our church to you. Lord, would you please help us? Would you give us grace? Lord, help us to see the error of our own way. Lord, that is before us continually. Lord, may we be people who pray. May we be people who are in the Word. Lord, not because we're proving how spiritual we are. Lord, it's because we know how broken we are. God, help us. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Folks, thanks so much for being here night thanks for uh listening and um looking forward to to tomorrow night and i'm uh, gonna have a great time you know if you're here tonight and you want to talk about anything i love to talk um I'm, I'm i'm a real dude i got real struggles and uh whatever yours might would be i bet i'd understand so anyway if i can be of any help whatsoever i love to talk let's encourage each other tonight um as as we go thanks for being here pastor